Open up your Bibles. I love saying that. Open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 13. And just a little bit from last week of Romans 5, how beautiful was that when, when Paul said, you should be excited. You should be rejoicing. Do you realize that you've been justified by his blood? And because of that now, you have peace with God. And that, that is extraordinary. When you and I can wake up every morning and have peace with our God, that means you don't have peace if you're not right with God. And I think we all know that feeling. We know that things are not right, things are not settled, and the opposite of peace is unrest. And, and you can have peace with God because you are now right before him. So that peace with God. And you can also, you can also have access now right to his throne of grace. He said, that, that's extraordinary. And you can live in the hope. You can live in a, a for sure hope that, that will, will never disappoint. And, and he says, rejoice in that. But then he said, but I want you also to be rejoicing in your suffering because in, even in your suffering, you can rejoice because you know that your God is up to something. There's something that he's working on, and it's, it's you. And he wants to get you to the point that you persevere. Remember how we said persevere was steadfast, strong, determined. It's, it just makes you stronger. You're not a pushover. You, you are not ashamed of the gospel. You dare, you dare stand up for what you know is right and what, what God says. And, and then that turns into godly character. Turning into the character of Jesus, shouldn't that be such a, a longing that we have, that we want? And then that, too, leads to a hope, a hope that will never disappoint us. I'll tell you what he said. That's why in good times or in bad, live in hope. Because hope is something that is so beautiful and that's something you can hang on to and know that it is a sure thing when it comes to him. His promises, you can hang on to them. The hope of those promises, yes, they're true. The hope of your future, yes, that's true. Hang on to that, that he's coming back. He's going to right every wrong. He's going he's gonna, to um, make, he's going to justify. He's going to, because he's a just God, he's going to take care of all the unfairness. I, I just think that that is something he says, rejoice in that. Think about that once in a while and live in joy instead of always falling back into your, you know. So whether good times or in tough times, he's saying you can still have joy because your relationship with him is solid. Yeah. And then he, he, that one little phrase he said um, over and over, um, um, you can, you can have more. There is more of. And how, how, what was the exact phrase that he said? Um, how much more? How much more? So that too. In, the, in your break for a month, you know, um, you only have to do one lesson for, for when we come back, of course. But, you know, I know the holidays are so um, active and busy and all that kind of thing. But please, um, what I'm going to do, and I'm going to pass it on to you, is that I'm going to go over all that we have done so far. I think just a, a review of how important it is to, to go over that Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, and 6 by the time we're done. Because see how, how orderly Paul wrote that letter. Um, and then, of course, the Proverbs. And I'm going to be honest with you. I got a, a note from a dear friend this past week who was very honest with me and said this. Um, I mean, she didn't say that she thought Solomon wrote it wrong, but I think she kind of wished that he had put it in a little better order. Now, I laughed when I read it because it is true. And, and this, this gal, and she's sitting in here this morning, she is highly educated, and she, what, she's been a teacher, a retired teacher now, and just, you know, very detailed, and she loves to have things in order. So she said, I can't understand why he didn't just say, talk about this subject first, and then talk about this subject, and then talk about this subject that, you know, it just makes more sense to me, but he is all over the place. It's true, isn't it? He is. He's all over the place. And 
I mean, I first wanted to agree and say, you know, you got a point. He just must have not been thinking straight. But then I think, no, this is God's word. There's not a mistake in it. It had, There was a reason why it was written the way it was. And so the only thing I can think of is that it, for me personally, and I guess you can come up with your own reason, but for me personally, I'm glad that this a particular subject keeps coming up because unfortunately, I must have needed to hear that again. So when you tell when you talk about you know the different things that Proverbs does it hits every area now like today in this in these three proverbs you're going to hit um, about our thoughts you're going to hit about how important words are um, how our actions are um, how relationships I mean they're so practical. But the reason why Solomon just keeps repeating things and 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 not just categories them, categorizes them, is because he knows we just need, as we keep reading the Proverbs, I believe at least I need to hear that again. And so he'll bring up that subject again. And then he goes on to something else, and then he brings it up, and then he brings the other one up again. But I think it's constantly because he knows our frame, the Lord does, and so he had Solomon say, they're going to need to hear that again. You know, and so even though it might look like it's kind of jumbled and all over the place, I really do think it's for our benefit that we keep hearing this repetition in these different areas over and over. So with that, Proverbs 13, a wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not listen to rebuke. Uh, the word mocker, uh, I don't like that word mocker, because if you've been mocked ever, <laughs> If you've ever been mocked, it, mocker is not a pleasant word. And, uh, but what I try to believe about a mocker is that I really, instead of getting so mad at them, and I, when I read that, but a mocker does not listen to rebuke, I almost feel sorry for them. Usually a mocker is mocking someone because of some insecurity within themselves. And if they can make someone else go down farther, then they feel a little better you know, bullying, all that kind of thing. Um, so, but a mocker, uh, it's usually I see that word and it just kind of grinds me because I think they're so mean. Um, but a mocker that does not listen, I just, I think he, Solomon has told me enough times the consequence for this person, you know, is so serious. So, and, and it's just so black and white, these proverbs. I mean, they, look at a, a wise son will, will listen will learn. He realizes that he wasn't born with knowledge, so he depends on a parent. And of course, um, you know, as someone who, who doesn't want to take the time and, and uh, then they have to try to find themselves in other ways, and it's usually not a good way. Now, from the fruit of his lips, a man enjoys good things. Of course, from the fruit of his lips, a man enjoys good things. And I love the way he said the fruit. That means the love, joy, peace, patience. You know, the character of Christ that comes from your lips. Um, it just is the right way. It, it, it enjoys good things. You see that word, the word joy in there again. But the unfaithful have a craving for violence. He who guards his lips guards his life. Yeah, if you watch what you say, I mean, that just affects how you live. So when you guard your words, when you guard what you say, that just guards the way people are going to perceive you, the, your, the consequences. Um, you don't have regrets, so you're not guilty. So you guard your lips, then your life is guarded as well. But he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. Yeah. The sluggard craves and gets nothing. Sluggard means lazy, good for nothing, doesn't doesn't work at it. Then, then I mean, it's just so practical. If you if you're gonna live like that, then don't expect to get anything. That's not the way it works. But the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. And those words, it, it's a, the first one was desire. You desire, desire 
with the desires of the diligent, that means, that means the wise, the ones who are working at this, who are, who are making this a priority, who's just not quick trying to get answers to questions done, um, but really trying to listen and learn and obey. And, and like, that, like the questions last week, when I, every question had, how has this changed you? You desire, you want to be changed. And so when he says that the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied, fully satisfied, the Holy Spirit does that. He fully satisfies you. I mean, it's because he's enough. He, he, um, he feeds you with everything that you need. You are fully satisfied. There isn't anything in this world that can fully satisfy you. And we're going to get to another proverb that pretty much, you know, comes back to this subject. Because if you think that, you know, something of this world can satisfy. I mean, you look at some of these contracts of sporting people and that. They're never satisfied. They always want more, always more, always more. And they're never satisfied. But you show me somebody who knows Jesus, they're satisfied, fully satisfied. The righteous hate what is false. Of course they do, because we base our lives on the truth. So whenever we see false or fake, ooh, yeah, we don't like that. But the wicked bring shame and disgrace. Righteousness guards the man of integrity. Righteousness guards the man of integrity. We talked about how that word integrity, we all want to be labeled as someone with integrity. And when you live right before the Lord, you can be guaranteed that your integrity will stay intact. But wickedness overthrows the sinner. One man pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. Yeah. Sometimes somebody pretends to be rich. I know I feel sorry for them. They have to feel like they have to be impressive. Um, but sometimes there's one who pretends to be poor, yet they have great, great wealth. You know, maybe they don't care if people know. It's not something they flaunt. It's not um, something that... Um, you know, that they make, make a big spectacle of. Uh, a man's riches may ransom his life. Yeah, we've got a couple of verses on this. A, man, um, a man's riches may ransom his life. You know, sometimes, um, you know, uh, a great wealth can be dangerous. If somebody is a prominent person and they know they have great wealth, I mean, the danger, that's why a lot have, have, uh, you know, bodyguards and that kind of thing because of this very thing that people will kidnap because they know they have great money and wealth. And so, but then look at the next line, but a poor man hears no threat. Sometimes you wonder, hey, the poorer you are, the better because they, they know they can't get blood out of turnip, you know? So, but anyway, you're almost safer, but the light of the righteous shines brightly. You know, do you notice that some of these proverbs seem to relate differently to different people? You know, that's why as I read them all, um, maybe one doesn't stand out to me as because I can't relate to that as well. But that's why there's so many. Because, you know, there is something in here for all of us that we can understand. Here's, here's one of them I, I think is universal. The light of the righteous shines brightly. When you are right before the Lord, the, the psalmist says that, that when you are right with the Lord, you're radiant. He uses the word radiant. Obviously, because the light of Jesus it now comes inside of you, what's inside of you comes out of you. And so we can be light in this dark world. The light of the righteous shines brightly. But the lamp of the wicked is snuffed out. Pride only breeds quarrels. Pride you know, that's a self-centered, that pride is, it's self-consuming. Pride is, uh, and the way I put it in my Bible, um, a know-it-all. You know, have you ever met a know-it-all? And, and a dogmatic person, you know, and they're usually loud. And, and you know, in that kind of, um, that attention kind of thing, that just breeds, you know, because they're so dogmatic and they, they just, you know, you start politics or you start religion or you start, you know, these subjects and you got to know it all or you got a, you got a dogmatic person. I'm telling you, before you know it, you've got quarrels going. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. 
and I'm just going to reiterate James 1, take note of this, that you are quick to listen more, and you are slow to speak more, and you are slow to become angry more. Dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. Dishonest money. I mean, obviously, dishonest money are those who get it the wrong way. Um, and maybe I'm stepping out on a limb here, but I've just heard the horror stories of those who, you know, the get rich quick kinds of things and, and the winners of the lottery sometime. I think, man, all you do is spend, 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 spend. People that, you know, that get money not in the normal way of like the second line, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. You know, you learn how to save. You don't just spend. You you learn how to use your money wisely. You know, um, one who gets the money dishonestly, all they consume to is spend. Where he's saying, no, think about that. Work for it little by little and use it wisely. And it just makes more sense. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred. Oh, you know, it simply means if you don't, we just talked about how important hope is in the good times and in the bad times. And if you don't live in that hope, it can make you sick. It can make your heart sick. In other words, there's nothing to hang on to. There's, there's no, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing to motivate you and keep you going. We all need hope. And so you hope deferred, it, it's a horrible way to live. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. If you are willing to hope, because hope, the hope that, that, that we've been talking about is sometimes we have to wait for that hope. You know, like uh, the hope that we're hanging on to is it hasn't happened yet, like Jesus returning and the new heaven and the new earth and all that. That hasn't happened yet. And so that's why he says, but a longing fulfilled. I mean, you know it's going to happen, but know that when it does happen, all will be fulfilled. That, that longing, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So sometimes you got to wait. And some, but, but here I think we could have sung gay, we could have sung it, will be worth it all. I mean, you know, we, we know that that's coming. And so don't lose hope. No, instead, don't, don't defer hope. Just keep knowing because a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. He who scorns instruction will pay for it, but he who respects a command is rewarded. I put in my Bible there, read instructions. He who scorns instruction. <laughs> I, had to, I, I got something the other day, and I, I don't like to read instructions, you know, but, you know, it was very important that you read instructions first, you know, before you even take anything else out of the box. You just read instructions. And, you know, I'm glad I did it because, it, you know, I could see that. If he was scorns instruction. We'll pay for it. I mean, there sits those parts, and you don't know what to do with it. But he who respects a command is rewarded. Guess what? It all came together, and it works. So, see, I followed the instructions, and my reward is. So, the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. I mean, I, I took verse 13 and kind of made it, you know, more practical to my, my need last night. But... Um, you know, in the depth of spiritual depth here, I mean, he who scorns the instruction of God's word, doesn't listen, then you're going to pay for it. And this message will come over and over. But he who respects the command, he who does listen to God's word and his wisdom is rewarded. And we know our ultimate reward. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. Oh, yeah. The, the more, don't you find the more you're going over these Proverbs, the more that you're learning them. I mean, you can almost feel the fountain of life. You're just learning so much. And then the more you learn, it just comes out of you. It's a fountain of life, turning a man from the snares of death. I think if we listen to these Proverbs, if we really learn, if we really obey them, I mean, it's going to keep us but I think we underestimate of what our actions and our countenance and, and our life can do for someone who's watching. Good understanding wins favor, 
but the way of the unfaithful is hard. Good understanding wins favor. I mean, if you're trustworthy, if people know that your yes is yes and your no is no, if they just can count on you, um, you you win favor. And and the way of the unfaithful is hard. Yeah, no one no one's gonna. They know that you that you're not faithful. If they know that you you're a liar, if they know that, yeah, it, that it's a hard way for them. But they've done it to themselves. A prudent man acts out of knowledge. A prudent man. Remember that the definition of that is making right decisions. You're, you make right decisions, but you make right decisions because of the knowledge that you've learned. But a fool exposes his folly. They just kind of say it, and out it comes, and and. Uh, yeah, there's going to be uh, another one later about you've got to learn to think before you speak. A wicked messenger falls into trouble. A wicked mes messenger falls into trouble. Eventually, if you don't pick your words right, it... but a trustworthy envoy brings healing. A trustworthy message um, will bring healing. If you tell somebody the gospel story, if you tell somebody the gospel story, you know, because that's, to me, a trustworthy message. Um, it will bring healing. The gospel message does that. So, you know, again, in our conversations to people, a wicked me a messenger, and that word wicked, I know it's such a hard word, but I'm sorry, but there's sometimes when, when we step out of God's presence, and when we step out and into our own self, we step out of his will, and we just start to take over, I'll tell you, you got to call it for what it is. It's wicked, and a wicked messenger, and when you're in that state, boy, all of a sudden, you can spur out things, you can talk, you can gossip, you can have critical things coming out of your mind, I'm out of your mouth, and I'm telling you, it will come back to bring trouble. But a trustworthy, the, the, when, you, when you are filling your mind and your heart with, with the right words, then to think it can not only bring healing to you, but it can bring healing to someone who's watching and listening to you. He who ignores discipline comes to poverty and shame. But whoever heeds correction is honored. A longing fulfilled is sweet to the soul. But fools detest turning from evil. A longing fulfilled is sweet to the soul. He who walks with the wise grows wise. He who walks with the wise. Now he's saying, hey, you know what? You better, you better also consider who you're running with, who you're walking with, who, who you're hanging out with. Um, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Do you believe that, that the people were with, do you think we can be influenced by them? Oh, how often don't you hear about a wayward child and you hear a parent say, oh, that crowd that he hangs around with. Very influential. So that's such a practical, everyday proverb. I mean, you have to decide when you walk with the wise, you become wiser. Yeah, because you're talking you're, and you learn from each other. But a fool detests, but a, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Yeah, there are consequences. Misfortune pursues the sinner. But prosperity is the reward of the righteous. Boy, there's a classic proverb of, of you will reap what you sow. Misfortune pursues the sinner. But prosperity is the reward of the righteous. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. I just think that's a matter of, you know, are you selfless and you share? Are you selfish and you keep it for yourself? But, but again, it's one of those things where, hey, you can't take it with you. A poor man's field may produce abundant food, but injustice sweeps it away. 
I think that proverb thing, he's just trying to remind us, say, we live in a cruel world. Because I, that, that proverb breaks my heart. Because you, if someone had worked so hard for something, and then all of a sudden it's just taken away. It just seems so unfair. Injustice. But then you and I, we live, we have to, the Proverbs helps us to see that that's the kind of world we live in. And it is unfair. And, and the quicker you learn that, that life is not fair. It's not just. But, but again, that's where your hope lies. When you read a proverb like that, yeah, that can, you know, that can make you feel so sad. But what does your hope tell you? Someday what? All wrong will be righted. All fairness, all, all will become fair and just because we have a Savior that will come back and restore. He who spares the rod, he who spares the rod hates his son. Yeah, that's a strong word, hate. But, you know, that is a, that's a proverb. Solomon, God had Solomon write that because children, they don't have to be taught how to be bad. Children are born in sin just like, like we were. And they need to be taught how to be good. And as, as God disciplines those he loves, like us, we do have to discipline our children because they've got to learn. And nowadays, you know, Nowadays, it's really something how you, that is totally, totally kind of pushed aside. And, and, and you're almost like, that doesn't say he who spares the rod or he who, who beats his child. I mean, you know, I, I, my boys, I got to tell you, uh, I believed in a little swat now and then. Now, I had to learn because... This the next line is, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. I mean, I'm sure you who have children, if you have more than one, you know that they're all different. And I can remember it wouldn't take much for me. All Chad would have to do is see this coming at his bunners there. He saw it coming, and it didn't take much, and he was he was better. <laughs> now, Jason, I mean, believe me, I say this, I didn't really, but I could beat him. Now, I did, but I, I mean, there were times, there was no way a spanking was ever going to, I mean, because he'd look right at me and say, didn't even hurt. I mean, you know, just, just one of those kind of kids. However, and that's why I like that, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him. You learn the different kind of discipline. Now, I had, with Jason, all I had to do was say, oh, did you ever hurt me? That just hurt my feelings. That you said that to someone, you did that. You you disobeyed me. You didn't listen to what I told you to do. Uh, all of a sudden, the tears just flowed. You know, I would go after his heart, and I I knew I knew how to discipline both of them because I knew, you get to know them, and that's what he's saying there. But you, they do need to be disciplined. So whichever way. Kids just plain do. And if not, I think now we're seeing it a little bit. Spoiled, expecting, you know. The righteous eat to their heart's content, but the stomach of the wicked goes hungry. Now, that has nothing to do with food. The righteous eat to their heart's content. I mean, when you eat this book, you keep eating it, and it just is a it, it just it just keeps feeding you and feeding you and feeding you. And I'm telling you, what's the key word here? The more you feed, you're content. The righteous eat to their heart's content. That means you're fully satisfied. This is enough. This contents you. This satisfies you. But the stomach of the wicked goes hungry. See, I, I also see that Solomon, he does, you know, maybe he doesn't seem to be real orderly, but he talks about these subjects, and then he'll try to say it maybe the same thing in a little different way. And, and you know, and I think a lot of times we understand that. And um, Jesus did that with the Pharisees. He tried so many different ways to get them to listen. I mean, sometimes he got mad at them. Sometimes he told them parables. Sometimes, you know, he just tried different ways to get the point across. 
And this is just another way to say, you know what? You feed on him. The righteous feed on him, and they're satisfied. But those who don't, they feed on this world. They're always hungry. The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Boy, I'll tell you, that is a good one. This this centers right in on us because we we are, like we talked about before, we are the emotions of our family. We're the temperament. And a, a wise woman is going to keep building those people in that home. You're going to build them up. You're going to build them up. We have, believe it or not, we've got the power, the way we've been made. We can either build up or we can tear down. And boy, does that one, that one speaks loud and clear to all of us. You know, what are our words? What are our actions? You know, what we're doing now, believe it or not, is what our children are going to be talking about someday when we're not here. You know, are we going to be the kind that built up in our home or did we tear down? He whose walk is upright fears the Lord. Don't you love that posture? He who walks upright. That means you don't, you're not, you're not, um, uh, you're sure. You're not sure of yourself. You're just sure of who you are in Christ. And that makes you walk upright. You're not hiding anything. So you don't have to shirk around the corner. You don't have to cover up a lie. You don't have to, you know, all this kind of, no, you can walk upright. You have nothing to hide. I love that posture. He whose walk is up, upright, they fear the Lord. You've got the Lord in his place. And you know that he knows. He can see your heart. He knows the real you. But he whose ways are devious despises him. A fool's talk brings a rod to his back. Fool's talk brings a rod to his back. In my Bible, I put... A fool's talk will come back to bite him every time. But the lips of the wise protect them. Where there are no oxen, the manger is empty. And that was that was kind of hard, and I'm just, you know, take it, you can take this for what it's worth, but where there are no oxen, the manger is empty. And I I sat there and I pondered, okay, oxen, what, we talked about that before, what, an ox, what does an ox do? When we studied the book of Mark, we talked about, remember, every gospel talks about Jesus in a little different way. That's why we have four gospels. They take a different characteristic of Jesus, and Mark talks about Jesus as the faithful servant. You know, remember when I talked about Little House on the Prairie, and, you know, um, the Ingalls family had this one ox, and well, that ox, they depended on that ox to plant the crops, to, to harvest the crops, to, to just, it was the faithful servant for that farm. And uh, that's why Jesus is portrayed. In, in Revelation, too, remember the four living creatures. One of the creatures has the face of an ox. And remember when we talked about the four living creatures, they're, they're the ones that serve the throne, the closest. The four living creatures are the closest to the throne, and they're just meeting the needs of the one on the throne. And in the, what we learned then was how the closer you get and the more that you serve the one who has done, you know, it's like what Paul will say later to us, if you... If you are grateful for his grace and mercy, then offer yourself back to him as a living sacrifice. The more that you're willing to serve him, the more you start taking on his characteristics. So I think here, the ox thing, if you are not willing to serve, where there is no oxen, where there is just no service, the manger is empty. There's nothing there. Nothing that, that at the end of the day you can say that because you were willing to serve, something happened that was profitable. You were willing to put yourself aside for someone else, and then your manger was full. But from the strength of an ox comes an abundant harvest, see? You know, if you're willing to serve, it says, look, the strength of an ox comes in, a, comes in abundant harvest. Then, then look, because you were willing to serve, good came from that, and people profited from that. 
A truthful witness does not deceive, but a false witness pours out lies. <laughs> That's a matter of fact, isn't it? The mocker seeks wisdom and finds none, but knowledge comes easily to the discerning. Yeah, the mocker can seek wisdom, but you know what? And he doesn't find it because, you know what? He might seek it, he might want it, but he doesn't want to put the time in. He doesn't want to open his Bible every day, and he doesn't want to sit there and think, like, hey, I don't quite understand that. So, Holy Spirit, I'm depending on you to just kind of open up my mind and my heart and my spiritual eyes and ears. I want to get this. Well, that all takes time and effort. Well, he can seek all he wants, but you know what? If he doesn't want to do what it takes, he's not going to find any. But knowledge comes easily to the discerning. Don't you find that the more that you're in this, the more you're learning, the more you get to know, and you find, oh, I can honestly say I know more this week than I did last week. Stay away from a foolish man, for you will not find knowledge on his lips. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. In other words, they think first. The wisdom of, to make a good decision. The wisdom makes a good, the wise person makes a good decision, but they gave it some thought first. They let the words of wisdom speak to them. But the folly of fools is deception. Just jump in and say it right away, and they don't give any thought to what they just said. Fools mock at making amends for sin. Oh, that's a good one. Fools mock at making amends for sin. And I put in my Bible there excuses, and I've heard them all. People would try to amend their sin, try to okay, yeah, but, but they're yeah, but, and all they have their defense mechanisms and one excuse after another of fool's mock and making amends for sin. Which, what's the only way that you can amend your sin? That's right. Confession, repentance, go to the cross, covered with his blood. That's right. Our sins are covered, past, present, and future. But, you know, when we get into um, these next lessons in Romans, too, you know, when Paul talks about, you know, oh, you know, we all, the more you sin, the more grace covers it, you know. And then next week we'll see when he says, well, that, does that mean that you just can go on sinning because grace will cover it? I mean, that, that's just ridiculous because what he's saying is you don't want to continue to sin. Because that breaks your fellowship. So fools mock at making amends for sin. But goodwill is found among the upright. Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can share its joy. To me, that was a personal proverb. It was just like Solomon was reminding me that each heart, I am responsible for my heart. And I know and the Lord knows. And I might be able to fake it, and I might be able to, to, to really, you know, um, even try to push it aside and pretend it's not there. But he reminds me, each heart knows. You know where you have a rough edge. You know where the Lord's trying to deal with you. The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. You know, it, to me, that just says it's all going to come out in the wash. <laughs> Someday when the Lord comes, the house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. And I think every once in a while he plugs in something like that just to just know, just keep hanging on. He's going to take care of it. He's going to make it right. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Should have had a question on that one. I should have really had you center in on that one. That is, a, uh, that is a star, a circle, whatever you need. There is a way that seems right to man. Because boy, oh boy, we are living in a day and age where people think, oh, there's more. You know, I'm a good person. I'm going to heaven. There's other ways to be saved. There's other, there's other ways that, no, salvation is found in none other there is a way that seems right to me, and they think, I can just live like this. I'm fine. I'll... 
There's a little shortcut here and there, but in the end, it leads to death. Boy, I'll tell you that. He just cuts right to the chase there and says, you can come up with all the excuses, all the shortcuts you want. You can try to, you know, appease people by saying, oh, yeah, you're fine and all that. But nope, and they, but that is going to lead to death, and you better know it. Even in laughter, the heart may ache and joy may end in grief. A, a, a reminder. Even in laughter, the heart may ache. To me, that kind of goes with the verse 11 where God knows. God knows the real, what's going on in me for real. The faultless will be fully repaid for their sins and the good man rewarded for his. The faultless will be fully repaid. Boy. I know he seems to be going every other here, but he just he comes back to this one. He said, just want you to know. Those who choose not to listen to wisdom, they're just going to continuously poo-poo this. And they don't take it seriously. They don't give it the time. They don't really care about having their life changed. They don't want to be transformed into Jesus' likeness. They're going to be fully repaid, but the good man will be rewarded. A simple man believes anything. A simple man, remember we talked about it right back at the beginning of Proverbs. Simple means you, 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 it's like you plug your ears to God's wisdom. Nope. And a simple man will believe anything. And I'm telling you, if you've ever seen fads, that people get on the bandwagon get a fads, and it can be of the world, but also spiritually. People get on spiritual fads. And... I mean, I've seen that even with books. I mean, oh, everybody's got to get this book. And then the Bible gets pushed aside, but boy, everybody's got to get, get this book. And like, that's, that's what's really going to, you got to be careful with that. Not that, that, you know, I always say you can, you can visit other books, but always dwell. Make sure we're dwelling. We always come back to this one. But we have to be careful that a simple man will believe anything, will get caught on any fad bandwagon, but a prudent man gives thoughts to his steps. You know what verse came to my mind was, um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understandings and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And he's going to come back and reiterate that. That he'll make the path straight. He'll be, you'll be like on a highway. You'll be moving forward. A wise man fears the Lord and shuns evil, but a fool is hot-headed and reckless. A quick-tempered man does foolish things, and a crafty man is hated. Any other words for crafty? Did you put a crafty man? It's slick. I heard that. Yeah, it's slick. Not trustworthy. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. Evil men will bow down in the presence of the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor are shunned even by their neighbors, but the rich have many friends. He who despises his neighbor sins, but blessed is he who is kind to the needy. I think that verse comes following the one that was before it. Just a reminder of how quick we are to put value on people's lives for who they are or what they have. And sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes, don't you find that, um, I think that's why um, James even says, talks about that, how quick we are to say somebody with notoriety or whatever, and they say, they come in, oh, coming in, sit right here. And then someone that, well, oh, no, sit, sit over here. We are, we are, human nature gets drawn to that. And the Proverbs warn us, be careful that you don't let, the value or the worth of someone be because of what this world has done for them. But their worth is based on who they are in Christ. Do not those who plot evil go astray? He puts that in a question like, think about it. I mean, 
Those who plot evil, they, they're going down the wrong path. But those who plan what is good find love and faithfulness. Look at the difference between plot and plan. The wealth of the wise is their crown, but the folly of fools yields folly. Now here in verse 24, I don't look at that as necessarily money, the wealth. I mean, to me, my reputation is worth more to me than money. And I hope that is. My integrity, my name, because I wear Jesus' name. I represent him. So that's my wealth. That's... that's, um, that's my crown. That's my value. But the folly of fools yields folly. A truthful witness saves lives, but a false witness is deceitful. A truthful witness. Spiritually, if you're truthful, the way you talk, the way you act, the way you look, people will respond. That's why Peter said, be ready with the answer when someone comes to you and asks you, how, how can you live in this kind of hope? When I know what you're going through or the way the world is, how in the world can you live in how? Be ready with an answer. That's what Peter says. And just think, a truthful witness, your witness to the truth, I'll tell you, it can save a life. He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress. Oh, that's a beauty. He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress. And in your time off in that month, I would say write Psalm 46 in there. Write Psalm 91. Just review those two Psalms that remind you that when you are right before the Lord, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I can say of the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Or Psalm 46, he is my refuge and strength ever present in my time of trouble. The righteous can claim that. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. There it is. There's that fountain of life again. Fountain of life is what's in you then comes out of you. A tur- turning a man from the snares of death. Just think, your life can can be effective to someone else's. Don't underestimate that. A large population is a king's glory, but without subjects, a prince is ruined. A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. A heart at peace gives life to the body. Remember when you're at peace with God, you know that that's a medical fact, that when you're at peace with God, things just flow better. But any, if you're living in anything other than the peace of God, I'll tell you, it's going to affect you medically. and it It'll rot your bones. I have a girlfriend whose brother is a gastrologist, and he's never been so busy. People's got, more people have stomach problems and ulcers, and I mean, it's just running havoc with people's bodies because everybody's stressed out. Every, but it, Proverbs said, you live at peace with your God. It gives life to your body. He who oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. Yeah, and James, James says the only religion that God accepts is those who give to the orphan and the widow. And that's just symbolic because the, when you're real, the kind of... the the kind of religion that he accepts, the Christianity is a religion, real Christianity living inside of you, you will not oppress the poor. You will be kind to the needy. You, and that's when people can't give anything back. You, how, does, how does he know it's real in you? Because you give and you don't need anything back. You don't even need anybody to know sometimes. When calamity comes, the wicked are brought down, but even in death, the righteous have a refuge. Oh, boy, isn't that wonderful? When calamity comes, the wicked are going to be brought down. It's called hell. But let me look at the next line. But, he, but even in death, the righteous have a refuge. So even in death, if you're living right, and yes, your physical body's going to die, what do you, what is our refuge? 
That's right, living forever in heaven. And even, but even in death, the righteous have a refuge. We've got a place to go, a place that's been prepared for us. Wisdom reposes in the heart of the discerning, and even among the fools, she lets herself be known. Look at that. Wisdom reposes in the heart of the discerning. It's there when you want it. It's there. It's living right there. You, you don't have to go searching for it. It's right there. And even among fools, she lets herself be known. I think down deep, fools really do know. They just don't want to do it. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. That's a good one, isn't it? A king delights in a wise servant, but a shameful servant incurs his wrath. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Boy, that's true, isn't it? The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of the, the fool gushes folly. The tongue of the wise, it commends knowledge. In other words, it thinks first. It's, it bases what, it's, what they say on what they've learned and what they know the Spirit of God is telling them. But the fool just blurts it out. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Boy, he, put, he shot that one there out of nowhere, didn't he? Just to make sure you know, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. And he's keeping watch on the wicked and the good. So, boy, he is watching it all. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. But a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Oh, my goodness. Did you ever believe this? Sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never hurt you. Did you ever believe that? Not on your life. I would rather have somebody beat me with a stick because I know that kind of wound will heal. But sometimes words, boy, that, that's a tough one. It crushes your spirit. A fool spurns his father's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. The house of the righteous contains great treasure. Great treasure, you bet it does. It's full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. The house of the righteous, that's great treasure. But the income of the wicked brings them trouble. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, not so the hearts of the fools. The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked. Boy, he showed that right, right way back in Genesis, didn't he? When Cain had a rotten heart, Cain had a bad heart, and that he just detested that sacrifice. You know, and I just really believe it more had to do with Cain's heart than it did the fruits and vegetables that he gave. But he loves those who pursue righteousness. I know we make mistakes, we fall back, but you know what? He loves us. He, if he knows that we're trying, that we're pursuing it, that we're working at it, he's right there to pick us back up. We confess and repent, and he keeps us going. You know, it says here that stern discipline, stern discipline awaits him who leaves the path. So he puts that proverb right after the one because he says, you know, I know sometimes you leave the path. And so you better know that I love you. If I didn't love you, I'd just let you go. But because I love you, stern discipline is going to happen. He who hates correction will die. If you don't listen to that correction, if you aren't willing to be disciplined, if you aren't willing to hear from the very beginning that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, you're going to eternally die. Death and destruction lie open before the Lord, and he knows. He sees that. How much more the hearts of men. Don't kid yourself. He knows what's in there. A mocker resents correction. He will, he will not consult the wise. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but a heartache crushes the spirit. I'm not real fond of the word happy, you know, but, but I know what, it, what it's trying to say because happiness depends on happenings. But, you know, when you've got real joy, it comes out, even in the midst of your pain and in, in the midst of your unhappiness. That's why a joyful heart to me makes the heart makes the face cheerful. 
because he just told me, Romans, Paul just told me that I can rejoice in my suffering. I can still have joy even when I'm not happy. But heartache crushes the spirit. The discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. The mouth of the fool feeds on folly. The discerning heart seeks the knowledge from God's word. The fool gets all its, its, new, its knowledge from the things of this world. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart is a continual feast. And that's something no matter, no matter what's happening in the world, you and I, the righteous, we just can live in this hope. We can just keep studying God's word. We can still, still hear his voice encouraging us and giving us his promises, saying, I'll always be with you. Um, I'll see that you, you're, you're supplied of everything that you need today. Um, I mean, all those things, you can count on, you can hang on those, and that's what he says here. The true, you will have a continuous feast no matter what's going on. But don't you hear people? Everything is doom and gloom and, oh, man, we're just, we're ahead for trouble. I mean, God, so negative all the time. See, no hope. <laughs> Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Better a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fatted calf with hatred. A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension. But a patient man calms a quarrel. That's true. The way of the slugger is blocked with thorns, but the way of the upright is a highway. See, that's what it's, the way of the upright. He just clears the path for you. When you trust him with all your heart, you don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. So he gives you the direction. He keeps you moving forward. It's like a highway. You just keep moving because you know there's a destination coming. A wise man brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. A foolish man despises his mother. If you've ever had a wayward child, for me, my wayward child, there were times that I just think, you know, I don't think that he even liked me. I think he despised me, and it was, it was very hurtful because he was not in the right place. And some of the things he would say to me, I think, What's, you know, I just didn't know that you could say things like that. But see, he's a fool. He wasn't in the right place. And it just, it just proves you. And a, a mother feels so deep. He must not care about my feelings. No, they don't. You know, when you're not in the right place, you don't care. You don't care who you hurt. Folly delights a man who lacks judgment. Folly delights a man who lacks judgment. But a man of understanding keeps a straight course. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Plans fail for lack of counsel. Details matters. Again, follow instructions. A man finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. Yeah, words are very important. Right word, right time, right place, and that's what you have the Holy Spirit for to help you with. The path of life leads upward for the wise to keep him from going down to the grave. The Lord tears down the proud man's house, but he keeps the widow's boundaries intact. Oh, he's a just God. He is going to... He is going to make it all right. The Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked. Now he's going after even our thoughts, but those of the pure are pleasing to him. A greedy man brings trouble to his family, but he, but he who hates bribes will live. Bribes, that's a secret, manipulative way to get your way. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. Again, look how, how quick, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. The heart of the righteous, oh, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The Lord is far from the wicked. When I step out of God's will, when I, am, when I have separated myself from him, he, he seems to be far from me. But what do we know? When, when the Lord seems far from us, who moved? That's right. Remember, he promised never to leave you. So if you feel a distance, it's because something, is, something has separated you from him, and that's why he feels so far from you. A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. 
like a, a cheerful look. It's all, sometimes it's all it takes, just a cheerful look, not a crabby look, not a negative critical look. <gasps> Have you ever had somebody do this to you? They, all of a sudden, they come to you, and, they, and all of a sudden, they, and I don't think they even realize they're doing it. They just, they, they case you down from head to toe. <laughs> and then it's not a smile. So apparently, they didn't like what they saw. I mean, it's people's looks. I mean, you can tell. You, you might as well just come out and tell me that you look horrible today. And of course, we'd never do that. But so I, the proverb is saying, just be careful because even a look, a cheerful look, a cheerful look can really can bring joy to the heart. Good news gives health to the bones. He who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. Yeah, sometimes you just need a life-giving rebuke. Someone who loves you enough to say, you know what, this is what I see. I know this is what you want to hear, but that's not going to do you any good. But because I love you, I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. Yeah, he who listens to a life-giving rebuke will be at home among the wise. He who ignores discipline despises himself, but whoever heeds correction gains understanding. We end with this one. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom. And humility comes before honor. I tell you, when you fear the Lord and you want to hear him and you humble yourself before him and you know that this kind of faith and this kind of life puts a smile on your Savior's face, Psalm is just trying to say, don't you want to put a smile on your Savior's face today? Then listen to the wisdom. So thanks for staying longer. Have a great week. See you next week for our Christmas party.